Welcome into the show. Made it to Friday, and it's felt like a really long and kind of heavy week because of DeMar Hamlin, but Perloff, now we're getting even better news about the Bills' safety. His breathing tube was removed overnight. He was able to FaceTime with his Buffalo Bills teammates today, did the double flex of the biceps, giving him the heart emoji, you know, with the hands, and now this is getting a more and more positive outcome by the day. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I woke up this morning and saw there was initially a report that he was talking to people, FaceTiming people all morning, and that he could talk to his teammates. Can you imagine what it must have been like in that facility? The Bills players, just the excitement. We, you know, we've seen on Hard Knocks when somebody's up there and says something funny, how the team all erupts yeah. in laughter or something. Just this, the outpouring of emotion must have been such a cool feeling, such a, you know, you've been part of teams before. Just to be that bond, it must have been incredible. And now think about what the feeling's going to be in Buffalo on Sunday and really all around the NFL. Obviously, Buffalo's going to be super intense and it's going to be, you know, chills but all around the NFL they're going to do a moment of strength for DeMar Hamlin so not a moment of silence because obviously the tragedy was averted here but a moment of strength where they're going to make an announcement in any every NFL stadium and then fans will have a moment to just cheer you know for oh, okay. the first responders for DeMar for his family and just sort of show an outpouring of support okay so it'll be a moment where it, will they not have silence? silence not silence the opposite they want loud they want Got cheering they want cool. positivity so that's going to happen uh, that came out from the league last night so that's great yeah that's really cool what are, uh have you seen anything what are they going to do in buffalo you know i don't know but yeah. They have, like, pregame, like, shirts that they're going to wear. I think they're going to have three, his number, spray-painted onto the field. You can actually do that at all the stadiums around the country are going to do that. But what I think would be really great is if they introduced the athletic training staff. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And specifically the uh, assistant athletic trainer, Mm -hmm. Denny, who basically Uh. is now, you know, was one of the people who saved his life. Can you imagine the the cheer for that? It'll be unbelievable. No, it'd be amazing, and they deserve it, and and all of that. So, really, really good stuff. Maybe Demar does a Facetime that they yeah. put on the jumbotron. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we don't know. I mean, maybe that's asking for too much. That yeah. would be pretty inspiring. Yeah. Um, um, and but the- and I expect the Bills. It's really interesting. They're probably exhausted, but I expect them to be running on adrenaline on Sunday, which should be. And I love that it's the Patriots there too. Sort of a rival. Oh, my gosh. I mean, kind of a rival. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know if this is the rival Patriots. Is a Mac Jones Patriot? Are you a bitter (laughs) rival with them as a Tom Brady Patriot? As long as Belichick is there, it's a rivalry for sure. And obviously a lot to play for. And week 18, there's a ton to play for in terms of, you know, the obvious is the win and they're in. Who wins between the Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars? You have the Green Bay Packers who are a win and in. If Seattle, you know... So Seattle has to play the Rams. If they win, technically they would still be alive if the Lions can then upset the Green Bay Packers. But the way that the Packers are talking right now and the way this line continues to move, if you want to just throw Vegas into this thing, it went from four and a half to five just earlier today. Everyone is throwing their money behind Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's funny. All season long, it's been a disaster for Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, right? Yes. But I think 
every football fan secretly is afraid of those two quarterbacks. And I think now that we've seen <laughs> signs, signs of success for Green Bay, even though it hasn't been Aaron Rodgers, I feel like we're letting that fear sort of dictate our thinking right now. Think, oh, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be back, and he's going to do his thing against Detroit. You know, an NFC North opponent in Lambeau Field, that's always something good for the Packers. So I think these are old Aaron Rodgers feelings coming to the forefront. Oh, it's a Lifetime Achievement Award right now. That, that line is a Lifetime Achievement Award for Aaron Rodgers. But the other part is, haven't you seen a lot of people talking about, listen, Green Bay Packers is the number one seed with home field advantage throughout. Hasn't been kind to them right, with the Aaron Rodgers. But the year they went to the Super Bowl, yep. wild card team yeah. on the road, and look what happened. Because Maybe they're Aaron better Rod- as scrappy underdogs. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers suffered multiple concussions, yeah, which, by the way, I don't think he would have been able to continue in the modern NFL. That you know, that was the run. It, it, it's unbelievable that he's only won one Super Bowl and is probably going to be a top-five quarterback of all time. Now, let, okay, are we even talking about them? Say they do beat Detroit. Are they in the mix now? Are we afraid? Of, is this a team that the Eagles, if they got the number one seed, should be afraid of in the second round? Is this is this going to happen, Maggie? Well, I mean, you talk about Packers-Vikings, if the Vikings are the second seed. Well, I guess it would probably be San Francisco as the second seed, right? Who, two play with seven. So it could be Minnesota. If it's Minnesota against Green Bay, hell yeah, I'm giving Green Bay a big shot there. If it's the 49ers, though, I think the 49ers would take care of Green Bay. Yeah, I would think so. Well, you know... I think Green Bay still is due. Brock Purdy, though. Green Bay's due against the 49ers. You know, that's a good them. point also. And the coaching staffs know each other so well. I mean, maybe but that has to count for something. It would help avoid my worst-case scenario. And what's that as an Eagles fan? Losing to the Cowboys in the first round. Or the second. Sorry, the Eagles get a bye. Cowboys have the five seed, beat the Bucks, who are the four seed. Then the Cowboys go into the link and beat the Eagles. That would just hurt. It would hurt in every way possible. There is like a, the Cowboys are officially your boogeyman. I mean, the, the, for, there is nothing. There's rivalries in Philadelphia. The Giants are rivals. The Washington Commanders are rivals. Dallas is the number one by so far and away. You'll be at a Sixers game in the middle of February and you'll get a Dallas sucks chant going <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, you go to a Little League game in Philadelphia, you get a Dallas sucks chant. It's just the way you guys are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How about this too for Dallas? No one talking about them. Nobody talking about the Dallas Cowboys. It's weirdly been like this a little bit all season long. Where they have no, come on. First, okay, Dak Prescott gets hurt in the very first game of the season. You go to Cooper Rush, so everyone writes off the Dallas Cowboys. Then all of a sudden, Rush is playing well. They come back. They're playing a bunch of basically, you know, easy opponents. They start padding their their record a little bit, but no one's really talking about big games. It's not a big game. They haven't played Dallas anybody. plays the Bears or whatever. And now they had the bad loss, obviously, against Jacksonville. So you get a little, okay, what's going to happen? Are they playing their best football at the right time? Rebound to beat the Tennessee Titans, who were playing nobody. And now the Cowboys kind of slide into these playoffs. Like, there's no Mike McCarthy pressure right now. We're not talking about any of that normal stuff. Right, because they haven't played a real game in two months. Well, meanwhile, they got 12 wins. And yeah, I know that. they're okay. going to probably play Tom their, Brady in the box. Look at their right when I mean that should be if they can't beat that team, then they're not going to beat anybody. But they beat in Tennessee with all the backups. They beat Gardner Minshew and the Eagles forty to thirty four in Dallas. Yeah, that was not an impressive performance. Somehow the defense has disappeared. They lost. They gave up forty to Jacksonville. They edged the Houston Texans. They but so did Kansas City. Took Kansas City overtime to beat the Houston Texans. Yeah, basically, and they had a Thanksgiving Day game, but it was against the Giants, who nobody takes seriously. So it was or basically didn't then. I don't think anyone takes the Giants seriously now. Who are the Giants beat? 
well, the Giants haven't beaten anybody, but as the six seed playing against the three, you don't think people are going to climb on Giants against Minnesota if that's the way this shakes out? Mm, yeah, it'll be climbing against Minnesota, but I don't I don't think anybody's scared of it. I'd be shocked if there's a single person who picks the Giants to come out of the NFC. Out well, of, not to come out of the NFC, but to win a game? Only because they're playing Minnesota. Okay, well, this is a Giants team people thought were going to have the number one overall pick this year and do absolutely nothing, so... Uh, okay, so if if they do win that game, I think they're double digit underdogs in the next round. You're probably right about that. Yeah, to San Francisco or yep. Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, Dallas. The NFC East has been formed and molded by this freaky, unbelievably bad schedule. <laughs> I'm Gi- glad you can admit it. They, I, I'll admit it. The Eagles have been the number one seed all year long, just because they've been they're four zero against AFC South. The Cowboys are going to have another twelve win season because they're four zero against the AFC South. Uh, oh no! Sorry, four and one, three and one, because they lost to the Jags. But basically, this whole schedule has screwed up everything, and the NFC East looks way better than it is. I mean, don't we all? There's no way the Giants are in the playoffs if they're in a really good division. Yeah, but that's just the way it goes. Like, I, I can't. I don't want to downgrade the accomplishment of the Giants just because they played who was on their schedule. You know, they had some good wins early on. No one thought that they were going to get out to a good start wobbled a little bit there in the middle and then held on at the end basically for dear life. And here they are with a chance to rest all their starters against your Eagles in week 18. And the Eagles are playing for the number one overall seed. So the Giants are in this position where they can rest everybody and get set where your Eagles have to make sure Jalen Hurts is back, have to make sure he's not being put in harm's way. I mean, it's bizarre that the Eagles are the team that has the 13 wins, yet the Giants are the ones who get to cruise this weekend. Yeah, but the Eagles are the one with an NFL roster, and the the Giants are the ones who look like they're something out of the American Alliance of football on offense. We're lost trash talk when it comes to the Well, Giants. I mean, the Giants are – look at them. Who are the receivers? Well, that's been the whole season everyone's been saying that. The fact I mean, that – that's why Brian Dayball is the favorite for coach of the year right now because they have no receivers. But he, And he's going to win that, and it's going to be purely a function of his schedule because if they play any good teams, they're going to figure out to spy Daniel Jones because their only play is Daniel Jones pretends he's going to pass and scrambles. Isn't that – the, the entire offense, and then two shakeover runs. So are you laying the 14 with the Eagles? Um, Eagles I think are a 14-point favorite. Yeah, that's a lot of points. I think the Eagles cover this game. But I don't know. I was so positive they were going to beat the Saints last week. I cannot believe they lost that game in the link. I'm worried because their defense coordinator is falling into really bad habits again. He's the, uh, Jonathan Gannon's Mr. Bend, don't break. And he's bending so much that the offense never gets the ball back. So that's the bit of the problem. Outside of the Eagles, what is the one game you are looking forward to the most this week? And then I'll answer mine. Uh, for me, it's the AFC South showdown of the Titans and the Jags. Uh, I, I know the obvious answer is the Packers Lions, but I'm, I'm going, I have to see what the Titans do here. I want to see Mike Frabel, who I think is a really outstanding coach. Yeah challenge the Jaguars. Make it really hard. Don't give them anything here, even though they probably won't have much of a passing game. I think for me, obviously, the Bills-Patriots is number one um, because of everything, but also because of of my fandom there. But I think the other one, now, I I mean, I think the Bengals have to win this game against the Ravens by a 1,000. Look at what the league just did for for the Bengals, right? What they did to them. Basically said... If you lose to the Ravens in week 18 and you're going to play the first weekend, wild card weekend, you're going to play each other. We're going to have a coin flip to see who will get to host this game. If I am Cincinnati, I am taking that so personally. I mean, they have done nothing but take the high road, 
They have been so gracious during everything that happened. They could have demanded to restart that Monday night game. I mean, I think their players were similarly traumatized, not just the Bills players. But if they really want to be jerks about it or they really want to go letter of the law, they could have said... Got a forfeit or something, possibly. They probably could have pushed for a forfeit. They could have done a million things. And instead, they took the high road. They were gracious about it. They handled it perfectly. And now all of a sudden, okay, if you slip up in week 18, we get a coin flip, even though the Bengals are going to outright be the AFC North champions. It's all valid, but you're saying that's the one game you're interested in. Have you tried to watch a Ravens game lately? Have you, I, well, have you tried? I watched Ravens Steelers on last Sunday night. <laughs> yes, was, that was yeah, Mike Trico kept game. telling me how good a game this was. I was like, are we sure? <laughs> you keep <laughs> telling me this game is good, but I don't think it is. I mean, how many teams? It, they've had a 13 on one end of the score about <laughs> nine straight weeks. That, nice throw by Pickett for the touchdown. But Najee Harris yeah, was the what, hero of that game. Well, that game was terrible. That was terrible. And honestly, the, the Bengals played down to that level. I think the Ravens are just completely giving up this game and waiting for Lamar to get back. In fact, I hate to say it, I don't even think they want to win. I don't think they want two wins over Cincinnati and then have to face them in the next round. I think. Nah, that's you. Like no, that, You're not, the only one who thinks no, that. No, I don't think John I don't, Harbaugh, I don't want to beat a division John rival Harbaugh's twice because we can't beat tell his there. offense coordinator, do not show them a single thing. Do, if you run one complex package, I will kill you. Don't worry, Go they're vanilla. not. They yeah. can't. Yeah, <laughs> They're not going to show capable. anything. They're not going to blitz. They're not going to do anything. They are going to lay down and say, get this game over with and let's play in the playoffs. Okay, but there are, listen, the Bengals are playing so well right now that I'm not disrespecting them by saying this. I'm just saying the Ravens' defense is opportunistic. They are able, like, I don't know. They're, it, it's You still have to go out there and play it. And so if you come up with a couple pick sixes or something like that, fluky things start to happen, some a forced fumble, recovery, who knows? And if somehow the Bengals win this game, the fact that it would go to a coin flip is just, it just seems kind of ridiculous. I, I totally get where the Bengals come off saying, we think this is this is unfair. And and they know everything's not fair, but why do the Bengals keep getting the most unfair things? No, they, this is one unfair thing. Well, I mean, it's kind of big, though. It's not big. And if they can't win this game, the Bengals should have one goal and to win the Super Bowl. And if they let this distract them, then they are way softer than they need to be. If they let this get in the way at all, first of all, they should go out and win on Sunday. I'm telling you, Baltimore is not going to be putting their A team out there. They are going to be, they're just going to want to get out of that game. I, I think. I mean, would you, what kind of plays would you run? Wouldn't you run running plays on every single play if you're Baltimore? Well, yeah, but they kind of do that anyway. Eight yeah, five I know. five two one two. <laughs> Actually, it might CBS. be a good strategy. Yeah, eight five five two one two four two two seven. What do you think about this whole idea of a coin toss? to decide where a potential wild card game between the Bengals and the Ravens would be played in Cincinnati or in Baltimore. The other question we have, and you can go to our Twitter feed at Maggie and Pearl. So the other thing that the NFL said is that the AFC championship game, if it involves the three teams of Kansas city, Buffalo or Cincinnati, if it involves those teams uh, playing Kansas city, then it would be a neutral site. They've, they've announced that, right? Neutral site, if it's Kansas City, Buffalo, if it's Kansas City, uh, Cincinnati, and if it's Buffalo, Cincinnati. So all three of those would be a neutral site. Where should they play it? EJ Stewart, great point. All three teams are cold weather teams with outdoor stadiums. Why wouldn't you play the game at a neutral site outdoors in cold weather? I love it. Pat Boyle and Perloff say you got to put it indoors. Neutral field means dome and different city. What say you? Give me your outdoor stadium. What? Just, just help me out here. Just give me what. I give think me an Baltimore example. could be one. You're gonna play. Oh, okay, Baltimore. MetLife. You could play it in New York. Why? It's cold weather city. 
And it's outdoors. And it's outdoors. Oh, so you're trying to emulate. First of all, it's not yeah. cold like Buffalo. And it's actually not as cold as KC. Um, well, I mean, just, a couple listen, weeks ago, it was like zero degrees here. <laughs> no, well, also, it's Mother Nature. It's going to be whatever it's going to be. We had a Super Bowl in New York. It was 55 degrees that day. You can never tell. But at least it's the it's the elements. You're still battling the elements as part of it. You could do Baltimore. You could do New York. Why'd you do Nashville? This is more fun for everybody involved. <laughs> because it's a great town to visit. <laughs> yeah, and also, too, I just like rewarding New York, that, that terrible stadium with an extra game doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and it's, it seems a little close to the league office. Maybe it and seems a little weird, but... I don't know how, how good is the state. field. What's the problem? There's one field out there that everyone has a huge problem. MetLife. MetLife, yeah. That, so I don't think it would be MetLife because of that very reason. Because if a guy got hurt on yeah, that... Yeah, Patrick thing, Mahomes tears his ACL in the first quarter yeah. because of the turf. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. So uh, that's the other thing, too. The neutral field does have to have the right kind of the safest grass, obviously. That uh, eliminates Soldier Field. Yeah, yeah. no, I know. We, we said Soldier Field before. I know Chicago's in the center. That is not where it's going to be. Soldier Field right after another Elton John concert. <laughs> I think it's going to destroy the grass. No, it's raining. You're going to play in the rain? It always rains it could, it could rain in any of those places that, that we're going to have. But isn't there, a, isn't there a significantly higher chance of rain in Seattle than any other city? Yeah. So, <laughs> it's all about playing the elements. Look, these teams, if, if if any of these teams had an AFC Championship title game normally, they would be saying, we love the fact that they're coming to our home and they got to deal with these elements. The idea that now, because of this unfortunate circumstance, that we're going to eliminate that part of the game, when all three of these teams would use it as an advantage and they would tout it as an advantage, doesn't make any sense. Well, the other part, too, is you're taking the crowd, presumably, is more 50-50 in a neutral field site, right? So you get the crowd as one sort of mitigated thing, but the right. weather should still be a factor. Okay, what do you think the NFL, you think, so you guys think the NFL will pick an outdoor stadium? Because you've just said that's the logical choice. Do I think the NFL will do that? I think uh, there's a chance. I don't um, know if it's likely. I'm willing to make a large wager that it's Lucas Oil Stadium or nothing. Uh, mm. I mean, Indianapolis makes Makes a lot of sense. Well, they I, put I the combine there. Dome, gorgeous. Detroit, city. though, Detroit seems to be the a big neutral field. Haven't they had a couple neutral field games there? Or am I imagining that? You're just remembering the Bills having no, to play No, I think there. there was another one there, too. And are we going to reward Jim Ursay with the gate after, you know, we talked about MetLife having a terrible stadium? I mean, he hasn't necessarily comported himself. Oh, New Orleans. Well uh, didn't New Orleans have. They had one recently, too. The freeze of a weather game. Or did they have to play? No, somewhere? they played in Jacksonville they, a couple of years ago because of hurricane. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got no, all it, that? It's, it's not going to a cold weather stadium, people. I'll bet you. Okay. Yeah. Me show and Pat. Bet. Show bet. Me and Pat that it goes to an indoor stadium. All right. Yeah. EJ and I hoping the league does the right thing. Put some calls in on the side. Try to see if we can influence <laughs> this a little bit. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. All right. Coming up, we will tell you about... History that could be made this week. Plus, we love this. Player incentives in week 18. Who's got a lot of cash on the line? These are always fun to keep an eye on. So we've got that for you as well. Perloff's going to go against the grain in just a moment. So grainers, get ready. Again, 855-212-4CBS. Where should they play a neutral site game? Indoors or outdoors? We want to hear from you. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff right after this. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. So I tweeted out where should they play this game and we got some interesting votes here on Twitter, Maggie. What do you have? Uh, Energy Stadium in Houston. Nashville, because it's the middle of the country, assuming the Titans aren't in it. Vegas. I like Vegas because it's easy to fly to. Yeah, that's they fun. They have a lot of hotel rooms. It's fun. Pittsburgh, Lucas Oil. Pittsburgh kind of makes geographic sense, I believe. Um, but so here's a, an Ian Rappaport. 
Pat Boyle, you're not going to like this. Ian Rappaport said that they're redoing the field at Ford Field in January. So oh, in they, Detroit. And Detroit's already been ruled out for now, unless they decide to hold off their field renovation. Yeah, I just went to upcoming events for Ford Field. <laughs> Got a lot of Monster Jam, yeah. a lot of Supercross, and then we get into the, the music. Yeah. Luke I, Combs, Taylor Swift, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, so we'll see. This is going to be very complicated. By the way, I just have this this hunch that it's not going to be this scenario. I don't want to uh, make you nervous about that, but you think, you think this is never going to come to fruition? Just with all, all this planning, for all nothing. this planning feels like watch. I don't know. Chargers, <laughs> the Chargers or yeah. Jacksonville go yeah. on a run and screwed up, and maybe it'll be in Buffalo anyway. So anyway, I'm not going to put too much too much energy into this right now. I'm sorry. sorry, it couldn't be Chargers Chiefs, but something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's take some calls, and then we'll get to your against the grain. Absolutely. How does that sound? All right, Dave is in Alabama. Dave, you got a question for us. What is it? Why Why is Buffalo and, and Cincinnati being punished for what happened? I mean, it was a tragedy what happened on Monday Night Football. Um, you know, why does KC, why is it always the Arrowhead Invitational? <laughs> I mean, like, really? I mean, Either we, I mean, what's so hard about pushing back, you know, everything a week? I mean, what's so hard about that? I mean, Joe Burrow went into KC and they kicked Mahomes' butt. Right, so what's your problem? So who cares? Cincinnati will go on the road and win again. Why is that so unfair? Um, well, because they went in their house already and beat them. And they have the same record. They have the same win-loss record. By, I mean, if you want to get technical, I mean, Josh Allen went there, they beat Mahomes. Joe Burrow went there, they beat Mahomes. I mean, why does why is it the Arrowhead Invitational every year? Is Patrick Mahomes ever going to go on the road and win a playoff game? Ever? Well, I mean, Dave, I, I get it. I, I think the reason why, and we know the reason why, they didn't want to disrupt all 14 playoff teams by moving back the schedule and rearranging everything. They really only wanted to potentially inconvenience a few teams. They were trying to do the lesser of all evils here, right? Like why didn't they push back the schedule and then get into restarting that Bengals bills game? Is that what anybody wanted? Like even in light of this great news with DeMar Hamlin, the breathing tube is out. He's talking on his own. He's breathing on his own, obviously. But did anyone want to really restart that game? I just don't think the appetite was there to push everything back to get that game in. You know, okay, this you're not going to want to hear this as a Bills fan, but they played so many times in Kansas City now that I don't think it's – I think maybe the home field advantage is a little bit less. I don't know. The Bills you, won there in tw- this year. The they, Chiefs are incredible hometown fans. So, okay, the Bills should have won in the playoffs last year, right? They, well, should have. I mean, Bills those are the won, overtime uh, rules. Well, I'm not a yeah. sour fan about it. I'm just saying the Bills have won in that stadium two out of their last. They won what, this year. They won the year before in that. In the regular season. In the regular season. And they almost won the play. It doesn't feel like it's it, – you're, you're going to give no credence to that. Like, they know how to play an arrowhead at this point. It's not like they're not used to it. Well, I think it's I, – I just think because of the circumstances, you can't get – you're just never going to find a perfectly fair solution. Yeah, I But mean, I they, do understand from the Cincinnati point where they're like, wait a minute, if we lose to Baltimore and all of a sudden it's a coin flip, even though we would be the division winners, why wouldn't we just host a playoff game? That makes no sense. That I get from the Cincinnati oh, come side. come on. Do you think we're even going to remember this issue? There's no way. Cincinnati's going to roll them on Sunday, and we'll forget about that coin toss thing. Although that would be funny if there was. Just what? clip that, EJ, just to save it for Monday, just in <laughs> case. Uh, Speaking of your, um, your Chiefs home field advantage, so they've played nine straight home games 
in the playoffs since Mahomes was the quarterback. They're seven and two. The two losses to Brady all the way back in what four years ago in the AFC title game, and then last year. So he has played nine playoff games. Every single one of them has been home. And to be honest, like they don't lose to Brady. If who was it? D four jumped off sides. Jump off sides. Let's go to Dominic, who's in Milwaukee. He's got a great idea. Dominic, what do you have? Uh, I didn't realize that University of Pittsburgh played at the Steelers Stadium, but I thought to have the game played at Hamlin's College, where he played college, and then take the gate to his charity. How about that? Dominic coming through with a really cool idea there. And you know what? Appreciate the phone call and appreciate the the, the heads-up idea because we were talking about if you, if you put the game – uh, in a place where a team had made the playoffs but then gets eliminated, and now, okay, here comes the AFC Championship game played on your field. That could that could be a little sad, you know. Oh, you got eliminated or you didn't make it. Here comes the game. But to put it in DeMar Hamlin's hometown, you're right about the pit connection, and then to make the gate part of the charity, which is up over $7 million right now, now that would be inspiring. Yeah, I mean, I think they can do that with a neutral field too. That's true. Get, it'd be even better if they did it. Now, unfortunately, it's not quite as close as I thought. This uh, Cincinnati to Pittsburgh, four and a half hour drive Easy. right now. Not bad. 12 and a half from KC. That's a bit of a problem. But well, not, not everything's going to be perfect. <laughs> How about Sam? You just want it outdoors just so you can win this argument, right? Well, I mean, and I think it's right. Uh, Sam's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hello, Sam. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure. So I thought this was a great time for contingency plan because it's based on one thing, and that's if Detroit Lions beat the Packers. Um, but I thought if the game was at Lambeau Field, they'd check off every box on, on the sheet. It would be an outdoor game in cold weather at a historic site, uh, you know, hopefully with snow. And that fan base there would come out and support both teams, and they would go – Buck wild, you know, <laughs> shirts off in the crowd anyway. <laughs> and uh, I think, you know, just as a Lions fan, to top it off, it'd be a nice little uh, cherry on top to see Aaron Rodgers have to watch it from home. <laughs> He's playing on his field. Aaron Rodgers would be in Hawaii somewhere, Sam. I have a feeling watching <laughs> that game. Uh, thank you for the call. Play to Lambo. What do you think about that? Again, I, I we're, can't we're overcomplicating, but no, I like I mean, the creativity. No, I like I like uh, I really like that Pittsburgh idea. But come on, you're going to make all these fans go out in a massive snowstorm for this <laughs> neutral field game? It's nuts. The weather's probably going to be so bad that you're going to have to find another neutral field because your neutral field is snowed out. So now you're going to be <laughs> like your third neutral field. Yeah, you're in your second neutral field. <laughs> Yeah. The backup the to the backup. The game's going to end up in Toronto. This is not going well. <laughs> it's going to end up at Yankee Stadium. Home of the pinstripe ball, as EJ said. <laughs> Emma's in Vancouver, Washington. Hey, Emma, what's up? Hey, uh, so I got an idea. Instead of calling that game a no contest, what if they did a sudden death kickoff between Bass and McPherson? Oh, like soccer? kickers on the line. This is not soccer. Yeah. Penalty Emma. kicks. <laughs> a different kind of penalty kick. Yeah. And that decides, what do you think, five kicks? Like in soccer, is five penalty kicks, right? Or you just keep moving it back. Ooh, I like that. Like a game, or how about this, like a game of horse? Now, where do you have this contest? Okay. In Cincinnati or at a neutral field? And if so, would it be an indoor or an outdoor? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that far into it. <laughs> Emma, we like it. Thank you for the phone call. A kickoff yeah, between no, no, McPherson no. and Bass. It probably was, was going to come down to one of those two guys anyways. When you say frankly. we like it, you mean you like it. I do not like it. I want to be other. You're the person who wanted eight teams. 
Yes. I, well, the <laughs> last thing I want to do is team. I do not want to overemphasize the power of a kicker to decide anything in the playoff rankings. I'm not a huge fan of the kicker. But now we, but now we have a coin flip. Which is what we had a problem with last year with the o- overtime. We don't have a coin flip. We There's might no have coin a coin flip. flip. We might. There might be a million things. <laughs> there might be. There might be 14 feet of snow lake effect that wash out the Bills Patriots game. In fact, well, I don't hopefully know. Hopefully not. Yeah, <laughs> I think just that city's been through anything enough. can happen. Yeah. <sighs> is it time to go against the grain? I think we should do it after the okay. break. We'll take a quick break. We got Perloff's against the grain, and may I tell you. This isn't against the grain that Andrew Perloff was born to do. This is the one, may I speak for you, the one that I'm sure he's the most proud of, <laughs> of any of the against the grains that he's ever done. I, that's, How about that? That's a, a high bar. I stand by It's not it. as against the grain as EJ saying that they should copy the pinstripe <laughs> ball and play this game, <laughs> play this game in Denver. <laughs> Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. It's Friday. We're feeling good. We've got a big week 18 to look ahead to. And because the news on DeMar Hamlin just keeps getting better and better, Perloff, it feels like, you know, it's appropriate to be able to now talk about football and a lot at stake in this week 18. But for some more at stake than others <laughs> and this me? is well, for you but also for a certain type of football player that you love that everyone should love uh yeah now i'm gonna stick up for some guys who need some defending hit the music against the grain maggie i'm gonna present an undeniable fact Nathan Peterman is amazing at the sport of football. No. He absolutely is. No, he's not. There were, I played, there are 5 million youth football players. He ascended amongst those to get a full scholarship to Tennessee, four-star recruit. He went on to transfer to Pitt through 50 touchdowns in two seasons of Pitt. Was a fifth-round draft pick. Do you think you could be a fifth-round draft pick in the NFL and not be amazing at football? Do you realize how many rungs up the ladder you've gotten? Do you know that... And also, I know he threw five interceptions in a game, right, for the Bills, yeah. and he's still in the NFL. That to me says something <laughs> amazing. And That's not just a life's great mysteries. He led the NFL in preseason passing yards as a Raider last season. He is objectively amazing at football. I mean, they there's no keep doubt. that stat preseason passing yards. I had to look it up. It took me about two days of research. <laughs> but basically, the starting quarterback at your high school, if you have a good high school, is probably really, really good at football. Now, Nathan Peterman is a thousand times better. You think you laugh? If you went out and had a catch on the field with Nathan Peterman right now, you would break four fingers. I mean, that guy zings the football. He's amazing at football. Perloff, we're not comparing him to me or you. I'm comparing him to the other quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm just saying amongst the human beings on the planet, Nathan Peterman Peterman is A, an amazing athlete, and B, he's an amazing football player. He says millions of people play football, and he has ascended way, way, way up that ladder. So when you're ripping Nathan Peterman on Sunday for throwing three picks, (laughs) just remember, that dude is really, really good at football. And I'm going to go through all these guys are. Uh, David Blau, you might not take David Blau seriously, but you better watch him pretty closely this week 18 against those. Oh, actually, he's playing San Francisco, so he's going to have a terrible <laughs> game. Gonna be tough. But David Blau has done amazing, amazing things on the football field. Do you know that his first pass in the NFL 
was a 75-yard touchdown. If anybody here guesses to who it was. Was it for the Lions? It was for the Lions. If you, oh, that, That's a good hint. If you guess who Marvin was, Jones Jr.? No, it was to Kenny Galladay. Oh, 75-yard touchdown. Haven't seen him since. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say. But it was a Thanksgiving, his first pass, in a Thanksgiving Day game in front of millions and millions of people. It was a 75-yard touchdown. Went on on that Thanksgiving Day to complete 22 for 37, 280 yards. They lost the game to the Bears, whatever. He also, in 2018, you might not know this about David Blau, he was a quarterback in that Purdue game when they beat number two Ohio State 49 to 20 in a game where Dwayne Haskins threw for 470 yards. David Blau outdueled him, one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. This dude is amazing at football, Maggie. He is. Well, he, okay, I get what you're saying. He's amazing compared to the. To us, but not compared to compared to ninety eight percent of the people who play the sport of football. Okay, but then why isn't he a starter somewhere if he's that good? Because there's only thirty two starters, but the fact that he started this many NFL games shows that he's great. Let me give you some more guys who are gonna you might want to enjoy this weekend. Okay, do you know Sam Ellinger, who is gonna play for the Indianapolis Colts? I mean, I feel bad for him in a sense. He will. Not, he's obviously you could say, oh, he's no good in the NFL. The dude is in front of a possible Hall of Famer, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's his backup on Sunday, Maggie. What does that tell you? That tells me that Matt Ryan's owed a lot of money and they don't want him on the field in case he gets hurt. Yes, you're (laughs) absolutely right. I can't even believe they're dressing him as a backup, but I guess they couldn't get Nick Foles. He couldn't put a jersey Um, over his head because his ribs are too broken. (laughs) Sam Ellinger once uh, went 308 passes without an interception at Texas. That's a Big 12 record and a University of Texas record. It's impressive. It's impressive. Okay, Sam Howell, Washington Commanders. That's immediately embarrassing for a quarterback to be the Washington Commanders. <laughs> Dude, he threw 38 touchdowns as a freshman for North Carolina. These are outstanding, outstanding football players. Josh Dobbs, in his first start in the NFL, was 20 for 39, 232 yards, touchdown, over 98 rating. Of course, that was last Thursday. Yeah, I was going to say, he just threw 39 (laughs) passes last week. the best part about Josh Dobbs is he's a rocket scientist. He's actually technically a rocket scientist. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He's amazing. And do you know who he beat to win the job in college? If anybody gets this, it's not Kenny Galladay. (laughs) I don't know. He beat out Nathan Peterman at the University of Tennessee. Oh, it comes full circle. Full circle. But the one most (laughs) underappreciated about how good he is, this quarterback is so good. He's playing Sunday, and people are making fun of him, but they should not. Do you know only eight quarterbacks have beaten Tom Brady in the playoffs in the history of the NFL? This guy did it twice. And people are laughing at Joe Flacco starting for the Jets. Joe Flacco's a legend, and he deserves respect. He beat Brady 100 years ago. It was like two Brady careers ago. (laughs) Brady was like, there's been a Hall of Famer since the last time Eight quarterbacks of all time have beaten Tom Brady, and two of them were Mannings. Let's not forget. And Joe Flacco did it twice, and we disrespect this man? Um, How is that possible? Just quickly, Joe Flacco, congratulations. You beat Brady twice. On the other side of the football, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, I think, had a hand in beating Tom Brady in those games. Joe Flacco was a Super Bowl MVP. Joe Flacco so is was Eli a Manning. Bo- it, listen, a lot Eli of Manning Super Bowl is a Hall of Famer. So is Eli Manning. What are you talking about? Eli Manning was the number one overall pick. He's no. also good at football. I, Eli Manning's great at football. I get that. But Joe Flacco saying that he's the reason why they beat Tom Brady. Come on. Joe, Fl- Joe Flacco played great in all those games. No, listen. Joe Flacco has the ultimate pass in Denver. What was that? Jacoby Jones? Jacoby. Yeah, Jacoby Jones? Now I can't remember who he, that legendary pass that I cannot. Jacoby uh, Jones. 
It was amazing. They won in Denver on the road, and it was like, oh, the, the Ravens are on their way. Oh, I thought, is that game, isn't it known for the guy who slipped for the UCLA? It was a cornerback who was supposed to be really good, and his whole career fell apart after that play. Mm, I guess it wasn't as memorable as we thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can picture it like it was yesterday. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I do think that Joe Flacco is going to be, I think when it's all said and done, people are going to look back and say, hey, Joe Flacco had a nice career. It's not that Joe Flacco did. Joe Flacco's had a, had a totally a great career, actually. But but he's become the, the laughingstock in the because Jets. Because he's playing for the Jets, he is the third stringer, That it's sometimes second stringer, sometimes third stringer, and he's not good now. He threw two touchdowns in 30 seconds to beat the Browns in week four. That's the Browns, and his coach today called him a Ford pickup truck. That's what <laughs> As he a said. compliment. As a compliment. He's dependable like a Ford pickup truck. They didn't call him a Ferrari. They didn't call him a Tesla, whatever. They called him a Ford. <laughs> I just think when everyone, Ford, by the way. everyone watches a football game and they say, oh, this guy is terrible or that guy is terrible. Remember, that guy is, whoever you're talking about, is better at football than you are at anything. So and is not this even, against not the even Greatest supposed to make us feel bad? No, I'm just telling you, just like when you're ripping these guys that you see on Sunday because you're like, what is this guy doing in the game? Which you'll get a lot of on Sunday. Just remember, <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> Good against the grain. I noticed that Skylar Thompson didn't make it. I cannot make a case for Skylar Thompson. You see, I had all the Sam Howell stats. You had everybody. How hard is it to throw to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? Why is this dude not winning any football games? I just wonder. Do you just jet sweep each every play? It's a jet sweep for Waddle. It's a jet sweep for Tyreek Hill. Just these guys are just faster. Just have them beat your defense. (laughs) I know you did give me your jet sweep here earlier. (laughs) You didn't respond to it then, and you're not responding to it. So, by the way, are we going to see this? If the Chargers, if the Ravens don't win, then the Chargers are not playing for anything. That means it's Chase Daniel time, too. And I love me some Chase Daniel. He is like another job. He's he? on NFL Network yeah. full time. <laughs> Chase Daniel is basically on TV. It's unbelievable. And he's, I noticed that. I was like, oh, Chase Daniel's doing an appearance on NFL Network. I'm like, no, actually, he's co-hosting that show. And also, I, he's the backup. He's smart. He's got one foot in the water, one foot out. Listen, we all knew he was destined for TV. And they have a third stringer. I don't know if he's on the active roster named Easton Stick that I love. North Dakota State. Remember that guy? Trey Lance beat him out. <laughs> no, no, he didn't beat him out. He succeeded. <laughs> Sorry, he succeeded Easton Stick. Easton Stick is a Perloff quarterback. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Easton Stick from North Yeah, Dakota? he was he was I think he was he wasn't the exact successor to Carson Wentz, but he was after Carson Wentz and before Trey Lance. And he's he's a he's a spicy little practice squad player for the Chargers. You know what I hope happens to you one day? I hope that you find yourself in like a slumdog millionaire situation. Yeah. Or Jeopardy or something. And just the category in Final Jeopardy or the million dollar question is just obscure NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. I just, I, this is my hope for you. Well, by the way, you're saying obscure. I mean, Sam Howell is arguably the third most famous college football player in the history of North Carolina State. I mean, like, these guys are North also. North Carolina. Yeah, I'm just saying, these guys are also happen to be big stars in college, a lot of them. Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger's. I remember very, hearing very about him famous. in high school. I understand. Yeah, he's yes. a very famous person. So I understand. <laughs> very obs- famous person. Brad Pitt is a very famous person. Sam Ellinger is not a very Sam famous Sam Ellinger probably had a million. <laughs> he was at Austin Westlake. He probably had a million Instagram followers as a junior if they had Instagram. I don't even know how old he is. I'm telling you, these are big deals. He was born with Instagram. Of yeah. course he had Instagram. <laughs> he was a huge, huge deal as an 11th grader. So it's not like these are obscure people. I'm saying to be a backup quarterback in the NFL is a pretty impressive thing. No, but... Okay, but you get if you were on a a television quiz show and somehow the final answer was some question about Sam Ellinger's life, do you realize you out of a thousand people would be the one who would get it right? 
I don't think I know. I see Sam Alger was a big college star, so I think a lot of college football fans would know that he was at Texas. I know. I would. I would not, not be the, the one. Same. Sam Alger is not a great example because he was very famous in college and not so famous in the NFL. I think Easton Stick. Then I'm in. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be the in, only you're one in to get good it. company. Now you're flying high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, do you buy into this at all? By the way, I commit you. Are you going to at least watch David Blau on Sunday and be like, you know what, that guy can spin it a little bit? I think I have not been kind enough to David Blau. I mean, I was never unkind to David Blau. Just let the record show. But oh. I've never thought about David Blau. You never <laughs> secretly judged David Blau. <laughs> no, this is like the scene in Mad Men when they're in the elevator with Don Draper, and he goes, "I feel bad for you." He goes, "I don't think about you at all." I don't. I just have never thought about <laughs> David Blau. Um, I, I'm curious to see what Jarrett Stidham looks like. Yes, by a way. little bit, and also maybe thinking maybe Vegas puts a little bit of a scare into the yeah. Chiefs, who've been playing everybody close. Jarrett Stidham, by the way, number one recruit in the country the same year as Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, far above those guys in the twenty-four-seven rankings. Also, very famous in high school. <laughs> but Mahomes and Herbert weren't the same class. Or I think it was Herbert. Uh, I'll double check that. No, it would have been home Mahomes and probably Deshaun Watson were in the same class, right? Mm, I'll double check. Uh, basically, J- there's a stat where Jared Sidham is one, and there's like four Pro Bowlers right behind him. I uh, thought Herbert was in the list. Also, I mean, a little, what can Skylar Thompson, can they actually beat the Jets for the Dolphins? I don't know. I guess I'm a, into some obscure quarterbacks. That one, no. He's not good. No, I know. But He's the rest really of the team good. is good. Pretty question for Perloff. Uh, this Texas quarterback incorrectly said that Texas is back after they beat <laughs> Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Oh, uh, who's Texas? Texas. Oh, Texas is back. It's a famous line. Um, <laughs> Texas is back after they beat Georgia in the Super Bowl. It's got to be your guy. <laughs> Wait, Can Sam I Ellinger? ring it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought you was a different one because I just was talking about. No, Sam I Ellinger. did that because you were talking about it. Yeah, this is this is what happens if you're on Slumdog Millionaire. This is how you get the million. EJ just handed it to you. You overthought it. Back. That was actually Vince Young who said that after they won the Natty, <laughs> yeah. aka the chip, aka the ship. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Which backup quarterback are you most excited to watch this weekend? Perloff's got a whole list. Uh, coming up, who's coaching for their NFL jobs this weekend? We've got that for you. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead.